Do you want to make more Dynasty trades? Sure, we all do. Tune in once a week to the Trade Addicts podcast and see how easy it is to train to be a great Dynasty trader. At Trade Addicts Pod, thousands of men and women have prepared to win championships without sacrificing value. And now, from your phone, car, or computer, you can learn to increase your team's Dynasty value. Many topics such as keep trade by, make amends, and trade addicts trades will get you ready to make your own trades. So make the important call right now and check out the Trade Addicts podcast. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yes, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Dan, Matt, and Ryan. Episode 540 is sponsored by No House Advantage, the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available. Guys, the points were a-flowing on Sunday. If you... Man, if you had any of the big names, really, Alvin Kamara, A.J. Brown, Christian McCaffrey, DeAndre Hopkins, Tony Pollard came through, Derrick Henry, my guy, I'm calling him my guy now, Deontay Foreman, he was pretty good, uh, as well, I was the only one who said he could do that, um, lots of points, lots and lots of points, guys. Oh, it was so fun. So fun. I feel like we come on here every other week or so and complain about the bad games or the low scoring games or the injuries or whatever. Uh, Sunday week eight was a good one for sure. Man, the list kind of just goes on and on too. the Miami game. Those like if you had one of those two receivers or Tua, you're happy. Uh, If you had any Eagle, it felt like you're probably happy. If you had ETN who we'll get to, you're pretty happy there. Uh, Delvin Cook and Kyler Murray and you know, man, Matt, it was fun to watch football. It was fun to look at your fantasy scores, unless you ran into a juggernaut that had three or four of those names. Yeah, this was definitely the, as the DFS guys say, the, the chalk week, right? All the chalk players kind of hit this week. So if you're a GPP player, you're probably not super excited about it. Um, but uh, it was really fun for our dynasty teams, especially the contending teams that's got all, have all of these studs like you mentioned, Dan. So uh, maybe one of the most fun weeks we've had except, uh, uh, since week one and two that I can remember, honestly. Some... Some weird football stuff, too, as well, happened. The DJ Moore thing, catching the touchdown and Uh, taking off the helmet and costing him an easier extra point. Then the kicker misses the kick later (laughs) after missing that long extra point, misses the game winner. Uh, You know, just it's kind of mind-boggling to me. That's karma. Yeah, it really is. It's kind of mind-boggling, though. Week after week, there's so many players, and we're just armchair quarterbacks, you know, that don't understand the rules of the game. They don't understand not to step out of bounds late in the game and it ends up costing them. They don't know that they can't take their helmet off or their kicker's going to have to kick a 50-yard extra point. And it costs them. So it just happens week over week, as I say, and it's it makes me so frustrated. That's the thing that frustrates me more than, than one of my guys not performing in a week. It just, man, you're a pro and you do something like that. Ugh, head-scratching. But uh, let's get on with the show. We got, uh, we're going to get down with ADP. We got a sleeper stash of the week for you guys. We're going to set the line. And we got another fun draft for you as well. But first. The Startup. Yeah, I mentioned his name. Travis Etienne. Breakout performance over there in London after the James Robinson trade, guys. 24 carries, 156 yards, and a touchdown. Caught a few passes as well. Gave up a little bit of the pass-catching work to Jermichael Hasty, but man, he played 57 out of 72 snaps. Hasty only played 16. Snoop Connor only played one. And... ETN just came through play after play, it felt like. That was a standalone game. We all watched it. And 25 PPR fantasy points was that bell cow running back, Matt, that we want on our fantasy teams. And I'm just wondering, it feels like the sky's the limit for ETN now. He looks explosive. 
Yeah, you put on here, where are we ranking them? Um, I've got him in my top tier. So he's the top six running back for me currently. That might be a little bit of an overreaction. I'm not sure. But we have all of these older players, all of these players that have gotten injured in the last couple of weeks. Um, so I feel like if we're going to have players like yeah, you know, we're gonna do. We're gonna do. We're gonna talk about all these guys later. But uh, a guy like Walker up in that range, I think ETN deserves to be there. Um, now that he's getting basically everything, I mean, we kind of like Snoop Connor as like a hedge play, you know, coming out. But it feels like it's ETN's world right now. So I'm I'm happy to have him up in that top six to eight range. Well, that, yeah, that's a good place to start, Ryan. I'm wondering where you would rank him right now because it seems like that's going to be the line right in that range between those those young studs that have been in the top five now for a couple of weeks that we've been talking about and then those older 26, 27-year-old running backs that year over year keep keep uh, keep putting up RB1 numbers. Yeah, I don't, I don't think putting him in your top six is – being uh you know aggressive or getting ahead of ahead of yourself at all uh, i mean I, i've seen some people talking about him as the rb1 in dynasty i'm i'm not ready to do that yet but i think matt made a good point we were so quick and and i think we were right to move Brees hall up to that rb1 or rb2 spot um he he's moved down probably because of that injury kenneth walker has moved up just as quickly uh, in, into probably that top five range somewhere, you know, that kind of, kind of might kind of varies with, with Walker, it seems like, but, uh, certainly has been a big riser. So if, if we're going to do it with those two guys, I, I think it's understandable to, uh, be just as, as aggressive with Travis Etienne. And, uh, I, I mean, if somebody said he was the top three dynasty running back, I wouldn't really disagree with that. In October ADP Etienne, who, essentially is a rookie this year. He missed his entire rookie season a year ago with that foot injury that kept him off the field. Uh, in, in October was RB 24, uh, all the way down there at 81 overall in ADP. So, you know, this is a, this, this is a jump similar really to that of, of Kenneth Walker, who a week ago we were talking about being a top two, top three running back to jump 20, 20 names on that ADP. That's, that's significant, but this workload is something that we crave as dynasty managers. And what's what's most impressive about it, or, or what's what's the what's best about it, really, is that he will he gets high leverage opportunities. He's he's getting the opportunities around the goal line. He's still involved in the passing game, although Hasty was was part of that as well on Sunday morning. Um, but but he, he, if he continues to get three, four, five looks in the passing game. And gets those those opportunities at the goal line to make the big plays as well. Really, the sky's the limit. You could see him finishing this season in the top five among running backs from here on out if these opportunities keep up. Yeah, I, th- I think so for sure. Um, th- the usage is there. You said the high leverage touches. He's getting really all of the touches. And uh, oh. you called you called this week eight game his breakout, which you know being the the island game on on sunday morning everybody was watching except maybe matt and and his fellow west coasters (laughs) but um he had that breakout in week seven really over 100 rushing yards and a touchdown and that that clearly uh kind of cemented the jacksonville jacksonville's decision here to go with him uh and made them confident enough that, that they traded james robinson as you talked about earlier the other side of this is that James Robinson moves over to the New York Jets. He, he gets sent over for a conditional six that could become a fifth-round pick. Here's a guy that RB18 in October ADP, and, and a guy that, coming off that major injury, didn't have all that high of expectations, but started off hot this season, Matt. That, that's kind of faded over the last month or so, and now he ends up in New York as essentially a quick fill-in replacement for uh, for Brees Hall, who, of course, we lost to injury a week ago. So Robinson got mixed in slightly on Sunday for the Jets. But, you know, with the way that game went and the way you see that backfield, it appears that Robinson will get a chance. His dynasty value seems to be in the tank. And, and it was already it was already heading that direction before the trade to New York. Yeah, I, I kind of think that the move is is good for him because I think Carter, Michael Carter, is a really good player. 
Um, but he's not Travis Etienne, right? So I think in some ways you can say that it's a little bit of an upgrade in situation for him. Uh, but he just really hasn't looked that good outside of those. He had a couple of really long runs the first couple of weeks of the season. We were, we were, you know, he was back, you know, we had, I think he had a 52 yard run, something like that. Um, but then every, all of the other carries, not that we want to take those long runs away from him, but on all of the other touches, just very inefficient. So, um, I don't know if we're going to see the same thing in New York. We obviously have a, a quarterback issue there, despite the box score for Zach Wilson. It was a pretty bad game, I would say, for him. Um, so I, I don't know. I think it's an upgrading situation, but he just hasn't looked good. So I'm probably staying away. Maybe, I mean, are you paying a second for James Robinson? Can you get a second Jim James Robinson? I don't think so at this point. So if you have him, you're probably holding and hope it works out. Yeah, I'm not paying a second. I I'd be glad to take one if somebody would would uh, would offer one up. I don't think that's happening right now. You know, he had that surge of production early in the season, and and we were all kind of scratching our heads about it because we hadn't seen somebody come off that kind of injury that quickly and be that productive. And clearly, that was that was smoke and not fire uh, when it came to that production and, and how effective he appeared. He he looked healthy and looked uh, explosive, and, and that just isn't isn't really there anymore. So we'll see what happens in New York. He's clearly going to mix in. I got to say, Matt, you, you saying not very good for the performance for, uh, for the quarterback in, in New York. Uh, Daniel Jones. Oh, Zach Wilson. <laughs> Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. You said it wasn't very good. I thought you were giving me crap uh, sorry for about saying that. that. I thought uh, you were giving me crap. That was a compliment because that was, that was an awful performance oh, yeah. for was, Zach Wilson. He actually tried to throw a ball away. And threw it oh, right yeah. to a defender. Yeah, and then he had like a <laughs> three-yard. It was like Matt, you could do that. Th- it was like I absolutely could. It was like fourth and two <laughs> or third and two, something like that. And he just had somebody wide open, just between two defenders. Threw it right over his head into the defender's arm. In addition to that one, yeah, uh, that he threw away. It was just oof, a massive step backward. Yeah, uh, for for him for sure. So while we're talking about trades, since we we um, we mentioned the James Robinson trade. We should mention this Kadarius Tony trade as well because if you wanted if you wanted some hot takes on Thursday when this trade went down, you could have turned on any podcast that recorded post trade, any uh, radio station that was talking about it, and and get some hot ones because people are all over the map when it comes to what Kadarius Tony is first of all going to do for his own fantasy value, and then for those around him in Kansas City. Ryan, I'll throw it to you first because really the the real winner in this trade, outside of you know maybe Patrick Mahomes and and his upside and and you know his his ceiling, I guess, is probably Wandale Robinson because it locks in that slot role for him in New York. So let's start with that. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like. I- if you're a Wandale fan, you are already counting this season as a win, right? I mean, just just what we've right. seen, even with the the injury, uh, he's he's earned that that wide receiver one job there in New York. So, um, yeah, it, it kind of sews that up. Galladay's basically out of the way now. Kadarius Tony is officially out of the way, but yeah, I mean, it, he, Tony was just such a non-factor already at this point, unfortunately that. I didn't even think of the Wandale Robinson impact when the trade went down, honestly. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's fair. Um, I think I I was thinking of the Wandale, uh, Wandale side of things immediately because I just wondered if that would, if that would creep in and, and, and potentially hurt his, his slowly rising uh, pr- production that we continue to see week in and week out. He's getting these opportunities and, and yeah, he wasn't great against Seattle on Sunday, but I, I tell you what he he's uncovering and he's getting open underneath, especially now when it comes to uh, Kadarius Tony, as I said, lots of different, uh, different opinions out there, Matt. Personally, I feel like more than anything, it just, it's another weapon for Patrick Mahomes, another way for Andy Reid to, to put multiple formations and make defenses look bad. Uh, so if you have a chief, Kadarius Tony, when he's on the field, is going to help. Tony's probably going to have some, some explosive games, some explosive gains for sure. Uh, what's your take on, on Tony Landon with Kansas City? 
I mean, I'm not, I was never a fan of the player. You know that, Dan. Um, I just, if, is he gonna, is he healthy? We don't even know. Like they said, kept saying that he's, you know, keeps working on the sidelines. We don't know if it's because he's actually injured or if he's just, you know, just, just not meshing with that. In the doghouse. Yeah. In the doghouse. You know, he's, he's had this reputation of being a knucklehead for, uh, you know, for a while now, since, since coming out, really, that's one of the reasons why his, his stock fell a little bit, I think. Um, so, uh, I thought I honestly thought that people were going to go crazy for him in term in the, in the trade market. Like all of a sudden he was going to start drawing, you know, early seconds, high uh, or early or late first, something like that, and then the trade market. But it's not really happening. So at the prices that I'm seeing in here, we have a couple of thirds for him, a second and a third for him, a second straight up for him, Brandon Ayuk for him, David Bell for him straight up. These are all post trade. So if that's the price, I I mean I think I'm willing to take a gamble. Um, uh, you know uh, that, that it works out it just feels like a, like, an, like you're adding another piece to the tool chest so to speak you know you have all of these receivers on kansas city but no true alpha you know juju kind of has emerged the last couple of weeks outside of out of kelsey um but it just feels like another guy that we're going to be playing whack-a-mole every week with you know what i mean so i don't know if it changes anything from the the chief's standpoint from having a, an alpha target outside of kelsey um, but he's certainly going to have spike weeks now and then as long as he can get on the field. You know, Hardman had that spike week he's, in week seven. Where he's he kind of the same as Hardman, games. isn't he? Like, are they going to use both are, those guys those, at the same well, time? Per, I don't know if they're the same. I, I actually think they kind of square peg into a round hole Hardman into that role over the last few That's weeks. Fair. That's fair. I think Kadarius Tony takes over that role and Hardman gets that true deep threat role along with MVS. So, you know, really, if it hurts anybody, it's MVS. And, and how much value did he have anyway? Because he and Hardman, I, I believe, take that, take that deep threat role. Juju works underneath, and, and Kadarius Tony is the gadget player slash uh, quick play type bubble screen player. So, you know, there's – I kind of think Kadarius Tony is going to play around the line of scrimmage and be a little bit of a, of a screen guy and a guy they're trying to get into space. And that's what Hardman did last week. I I don't think that's necessarily Hardman's strength. Ryan, you have a take here? Uh, No, I I think you're pretty spot on in that Hardman was really, he's never really worked in that offense, despite, um, you know, being one of the best offenses in the league and, and, uh, yeah, Hardman's just and some <laughs> dynasty managers really wanting him to. <laughs> some, some maybe in this in in this group right here potentially. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, Dan. Uh, you're you're the you're the Tony guy. You were before the trade, and uh, I would imagine that that's even more true now. What are you paying if you didn't already have Kadarius Tony on your team? Because I'm I'm selling for a second. I, I would. Too. I did the same thing, Matt. You are too, Matt. Yeah, I would sell for a second. If I can get it for a couple of thirds, I would do it, but I don't want to give up a second. Uh, I did the same thing Matt just did. I looked at the trade finder, and I was kind of surprised that it was only a second. Yeah. And a second and a third, and those couple of thirds that that was getting Kadarius Tony right now. Because I thought the hype would get would, would get up there, to be honest with you. And, you know, if, you're, if we're being completely honest, a year ago, a year and a half ago during draft season, Kadarius Tony was a very late first or early second round pick in most dynasty leagues, if I'm remembering correctly, right? So that really means he hasn't hasn't really lost that much value, I guess. I kind of expected him to to be a little higher. Maybe we're seeing just the people that drafted spent that late first round pick on him and, and rookie draft are just sick of it and want to get out. So they're they're letting him go for these prices and the people that didn't, you know, had a little bit of FOMO or trying to get in at this price. So you all both thought you would see trades of of a first rounder for Tony? I really did. I no, really did. No, I thought like there's I thought multiple seconds. I I thought it'd be a couple of seconds at this point. I can't imagine and we anybody saw that second and a, a first third. rounder for him, especially with the hype of this class. But really that would be true of of any year. Um Yeah, I, I'm we're we're just way off on that one. I just I think there's I just think there's these small pockets of like really strong Tony supporters. I mean, but they already had Tony, especially like they already had Tony. That's a good point. That's a good point. And yeah, I don't, I don't have all that much Kadarius Tony. I I have him in a couple places. I'd be happy to give a second round pick for him at this point. Well, I think the other thing he, the other thing he might have going against him is that for the past, 
really the past five years or so, fantasy players, dynasty managers especially, have had this uh, perception that we want any and every Chiefs, uh, Chief offensive player, right? And mm-hmm. and that hasn't really worked. It didn't. It hasn't worked with Clyde Edwards-Helaire. It didn't work with Ronald Jones. It hasn't. It's been fine with Juju, but um, you know, probably probably not up to expectations. It certainly hasn't worked with MVS. It hasn't worked with me, Cole Hardman. You know, outside of Tyreek and um, and Kelsey and obviously Mahomes, I mean, this is this is not an offense that has consistently produced high-end uh, fantasy uh, producers, fantasy scores. Yeah, and, it, you know, when you're paying a second-round pick, though, I, I don't think you're necessarily buying in on a guy becoming the next Tyreek Hill. You know, you, but you're you looking saw for that, that wide receiver three. But you saw that everywhere. Like people were saying, this is the you know they were plugging him right into that role, just like they did with Mah- with uh, with Hardman when when T- Tyreek. That's a mistake. So like that's why yeah. that's why I thought we might see these first round pick kind of prices. But Kadarius yeah. is not going to be that deep threat, and you know we we need to move on. But the the final thing I want to say about Kadarius Tony is it, it feels to me like everybody in the dynasty community has a take, and it's far away from middle ground. It, it's either this guy <laughs> yeah. is an elite player. Or this guy stinks, and we, we you need to sell him for whatever you can get for him. Uh, I tried. I, I think I'm a little bit closer to the middle ground, and I, I actually think that a second round pick is a fair price for a guy con- with his upside, considering the the draft capital and the fact that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes wanted him on their team. Now they may only want him as a gadget player, and that's not gonna uh, reciprocate into dynasty fantasy points, but, uh, but we will see. It may take a little bit of time. Uh, I think, I think those high end, high, big, big fantasy scoring games are coming, but if you know which one, which games to play them and get those 30 point outbursts, uh, I'll tip my hat to you. Uh, let's move on. Sleeper stash of the week. Once again, it's the sleeper stash of the week where we take a look at a player outside the top 200 in Dynasty ADP that you should consider stashing. Ryan, who's our sleeper stash of the week this week? Got one of your guys this week, Dano. Jake Ferguson, oh boy. Dallas Cowboys, right. rookie tight end, former Wisconsin Badger. Uh, Ferguson's played well in his opportunity and, and gotten playing time even when Dalton Schultz has been on the field. Uh, Schultz has been banged up a couple different times this uh, this season so far, and uh, week eight, or I'm sorry, week six was the most notable. Uh, that's when Ferguson was the tight end eight overall. Uh, looking at our current ADP, uh, Ferguson actually went undrafted in our one quarterback ADP, and has a has an ADP of 224 overall in Superflex. Uh, so still certainly cheap, definitely on some waiver wires out there. Uh, can't can't start him yet, but uh, if if Schultz continues to have trouble staying healthy, then then Ferguson is a guy you can uh, plug into your lineup. So Jake Ferguson is our sleeper stash of the week. Brought you brought to you by Sleeper Fantasy, the fastest growing fantasy football platform in the world. It is built around a mobile interface, so. It's easy to do everything league-related from your mobile phone, no matter how complicated your league or how many leagues you play in. Join millions of players today on Sleeper, the number one fantasy football platform. And I do want to plug one thing. I wrote about Jake Ferguson in the Rookie Report card just a couple weeks ago, week six. So go to DynastyLeagueFootball.com if you want to read more about Ferguson and his both long and short-term upside. You down with ADP? Yeah, you know me. Yeah, you know us. We're always down with ADP here on the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Our guy Ryan McDowell collects ADP every single month, and we're going to review the October single quarterback Dynasty ADP, projecting which players we expect to fall out of the first round, and then potentially who would replace them. So, This is a good time of year to do this, guys, because not only do we have players moving uh, fluidly throughout the season based on what they're doing on the field right now, but we're also watching all these college prospects. And especially in recent years, Ryan, we've seen 
we've seen these guys come into the game from the college game, drafted into the NFL, and immediately surface in the top two rounds of ADP. So uh, all this is happening right now. We, like I said, we've had we've had a lot of movement. We've seen Amon Ross St. Brown move all the way up into the first round. We've seen other guys like Drake London move into the back end of the first round as well. And now we need to, we're, we're kind of at the point where we need to identify the guys that are, that are going to be moving out and maybe guys we should be moving on from. Yeah, very true. We are, uh, we're at the end of the month here, uh, almost November, which means it is almost time to start a new round of DLF mock drafts and, form some new dynasty ADP. So we had a lot of changes from September, which was essentially our preseason, our final preseason ADP. We had a lot of changes from September to October. Uh, We did have uh, one notable rookie sneak into that top 12. We'll talk about him in a moment. Uh, But I'm expecting even more changes uh, next month as, as we move to that November ADP. So I thought we would just look player by player here. Some of these are going to be very quick discussions uh, because we, we know they'll remain in the top 12, but uh, there's definitely going to be some players falling out as well. Um, So do we, do we just want to go player by player here, Dan? Yeah, let's start right at the top. In in October, and if you guys want to follow along with us, go to DynastyLeagueFootball.com, click on Tools, and go to Dynasty ADP. We're just reading them off one by one. Uh, great resource for you as a Dynasty manager. Let's start at the top. Jamar Chase, uh, nearly a, a unanimous number one overall pick, and certainly a guy that everybody everybody considers at the top. I you know, I know the injury, and it's something we can talk about for sure. Is what kind of came out of nowhere to a lot of dynasty managers, and it really stinks for timing. We're not expecting him back necessarily until um, until maybe even the fantasy playoffs. But I, I don't think anything in the one month to even six week range keeping him off the field is going to knock him outside of the top three in ADP, Matt. No, not at all. He's 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 a lock to stay put. He cemented in there for sure. I did find it interesting, guys, and you can comment on this if you want to, that they didn't put him on IR, even a four-week IR, because he's built different, and they think that maybe he can beat the four-week timetable just because he's Jamar Chase and he's a freak. That's... I guess we should. That's what we should go. We should go by doctors' opinions and say, "Do we got any guys that are built different in this year's rookie class?" That's the guy I want on my team. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I don't know if Chase stays at that one spot uh, in November, yeah. but he definitely stays in the top two or three. He's he's not going out of this top twelve anytime soon. Let's move on to number two. Similar player, college teammate Justin Jefferson. Same conversation, but Jefferson's on the field. He made an incredible catch on Sunday. I don't know why Kirk Cousins threw it to him. He was covered like a blanket, and he just pulled it away from the guy. He makes these plays routine. He belongs in the top two or three in ADP again in November as well. So let's just move on to a guy who who may move around a little bit. I don't know how far. I don't think he'll fall outside of the top 12 overall picks, Ryan, but Jonathan Taylor a guy that we thought would be a lock for those top three picks all year long. He's disappointed on the field. He's probably going to lose a few spots in November. Yeah, I, I definitely project Jonathan Taylor to fall. I do not think he'll fall out of the top 12. I think he'll keep that round one spot. Um, I'm not I'm not sure he keeps the RB1 uh, crown that he's held for so long, uh, but he'll still be a top 12 pick in my opinion. Taylor just 16 carries, 76 yards, which is fine. Averaged almost five yards a carry. Had a fumble, but not involved in the passing game again, Matt. He's, it just it just limits his upside, I guess, if he's not scoring touchdowns. Yeah, he's in a bad offense, and uh, this is what happens to even most good running backs in bad offenses. So um, I agree with Ryan. I'm, I mean, I think it's possible he's still the running back one when we start these new mocks, um, but I don't think it's a lock by, by any stretch. And I definitely think he follows, you know, farther down to maybe to the middle of this first round. In October ADP, the number four overall player in the wide receiver three was Amon Ra St. Brown of the lions. That data was collected right before the injury that kept <laughs> him out for a week. And he's kind of, kind of 
hopped in and out of the lineup since then. He had concussion issues, was in the protocol, and the production just hasn't been this, at the same level as what we, we saw in that first month of the season, Matt. Do you expect a fall for ARSB? I do. I think I think especially I think he had a chance to stay if he had a blow up game today uh, in a in a you know a very high scoring game uh, and you know how we how we know how recency bias he play, plays into this. So if we're starting these mocks in the next week, I think he would have had a chance to stay. But what was it six or seven catches for seventy yards or something? That's not going to do it. So I do think he is a candidate, the first one on the list to to fall completely out of the first. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think. Uh, you know, we, we probably got a little a little too cute on that one, moving St. Brown up yeah. that far, that fast. Uh, I do still love the player. I think he's gained a ton of value, big picture this season, uh, but he feels more like a, a second rounder to me right now. Do you think he'll fall that far, Ryan? I think he'll fall to the second round, yeah. Okay, all right. The, some guys that'll leapfrog him are fifth and sixth in ADP yeah, in October. A.J. Brown and Jalen Waddell, big game after big game. A.J. Brown was a monster on Sunday against Philadelphia or against uh, Pittsburgh, rather. Six catches, 156 yards, and three big touchdowns. Looked like a man, man among yeah. boys. Should have had four, probably. Uh, man, that guy, he's Superman out there. Can he make a big jump? Can he leap his way, Matt, up into the Jefferson chase tier? I don't know if he, I mean, I don't know if we're going to put him in the same tier. I think you absolutely could, but I think he's going to be wide receiver three at three overall this, this month for sure. And Waddle, he, he's staying put as well. Definitely a top five or six guy. Absolutely. Yep. How about Kyle Pitts, Ryan? We'll, uh, we'll get to Matt's take here. Uh, Kyle Pitts caught a touchdown on Sunday and, and was pretty productive overall. He came in last month at number seven overall. And, of course, tight end one as well. Pitts on Sunday against the Panthers had a productive game, yep. five catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown on nine targets. What are your thoughts on Pitts staying or going in round one of ADP next month? Well, remember, these are not just our opinions. We're really trying to project ADP and project what the community says. And I think Pitts will fall out of round one because of the struggles that we've seen. This uh, solid game uh, on Sunday might help change that, but I don't think it's enough. I think he's a second rounder. I agree with that. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's likely. But, uh, you know, if you put me at 1.12 in a mock, Ryan, um, He's not going to get out of the first. So, uh, so uh, I, I think it's likely that he does fall to the early second, though. Uh, but I don't think he falls, um, you know, to the late second or anything like that. I don't think it's going to be a drastic fall. Yeah, yeah. I think in the top 15 picks in most of those mocks is where you'll find Pitts' his name. How about Cooper Cup, who had an injury scare on Sunday? Some, some news trickling in about that. Not 100% sure what's going on with Cup, but... Man, this guy's been so productive. If it's not a major injury, Ryan, he's going to remain in those top 10 picks. Yeah, yeah. I had Cup remaining as a first rounder. Um, You know, some of us get a little concerned about the age when you're thinking long-term dynasty, but then you just watch the games on Sunday and realize how good this guy is, how dominant he is, even in what's been a a disappointing Rams offense uh, so far this year. So I, I think Cup... Uh, sticks around in that uh, in that first round. Yeah, wide receiver six in October. That seems fair. That age, Matt, is what's pushing him down to the bottom of round one. Yeah, I think it's too soon. I think once we get to maybe like December mocks, maybe November, probably more closer to December, January, we'll probably see him drop out of there once we're out of the point scoring season. Um, but it's too soon right now. He's going to stay. DeAndre Swift returned to the Lions starting lineup on Sunday uh, against Miami and was pretty good. Just just five carries for six yards, but caught five passes and found the end zone on one of them. Swift was uh, running back two last month and number nine overall, Ryan. He's a guy I had a little bit of trouble with because he's missed so much time. I kind of think I found enough names that he falls out of out of the top 12. What do you think? I went back and forth on DeAndre Swift as well um, because, well, what, what really had me 
struggling with this one is that despite the injuries and, and he's had them every single year of his career, uh, all, all, uh, relatively minor injuries, luckily. Uh, but despite the injuries, despite the shared backfield, he's never really had that, that lion's backfield to himself. This is a guy that, that dynasty managers never give up on. They never move him down ADP. They never move him down rankings. Uh, he's, he's, he's never a buy low candidate, even when he's hurt and missing games, uh, because he's, he's just such a, a favorite of the dynasty community with that said, like, like you said, Dan, there's enough players that I think are pushing up into that top 12 that I think Swift could, could just miss out and be, a uh, one of the first players in the second round. Matt. Yeah, I feel about the same. I think he probably sticks in that 112 201 range. So, um, it's just we know how bad the running back position is. I think there's, you know, five, six guys we really like right now, and I think Swift is certainly one of those. It's just the prospect of taking a running back, not only a running back in the first, but a running back that, you know, we know is going to miss games, like a handful of games every single year and not necessarily be there when we need him. So that's the only knock, but he's still in the, the circle of trust, so to speak, when he is healthy. Yeah, and he doesn't have that goal line role, doesn't get – Double-digit carries in every game, despite them having the lead for a majority of that game into the third quarter, I believe they led that game. So I kind of thought Swift was going to have a dozen carries in that game. And I like the five catches, but without those opportunities at the goal line where Jamal Williams, Jamal Williams outscored him oh, yeah. in PPR leagues this week because he times. did get those chances. So, you know, I, I think that's just a sign of things to come. The other thing that makes it frustrating to manage a team with DeAndre Swift as your RB1 is that when he is hurt, he seems to stick on that injury list a little longer than what the expected time frame is every single time. And then even when they do pinpoint a week where they expect him back, he might miss that game and come back the next week. The, the, and the first week back, at least the last few times he's been hurt, he's been used kind of sparingly as they, they kind of, I'm, I'm not sure if, if it's a him thing, if it's the if it's that that uh, training staff or the coaching staff, but they they kind of baby him on the way back up, and it's something that we got to get used to. And and I have a hard time wrapping my head around that. Either you're healthy or not. Get out there and and let's do this. Uh, he's too dynamic to leave on the sideline that often. Last few guys here, all wide receivers, all really in different parts of their career. Number 10, CeeDee Lamb from Dallas. Number 11, Stephon Diggs from Buffalo. And number 12, rookie uh, Drake London from Atlanta. So these, this trio of wide receivers, Ryan, if, if one of them's fallen out, which one is it? Oh, you made it easy on me. It's Drake London uh, certainly falling out <laughs> uh, for a lot of the same reasons as as Kyle Pitts. It's, it's not a talent question. Uh, it's It's... The, the offensive scheme and, and usage of those young pass catchers. Um, so, so London, I mean, is a guarantee to fall out and, and he's probably falling more than just one round. He's, he's going to be a third or a fourth round pick in, in these mock drafts, in my opinion. Hmm. Good. I, I thought the same thing. If there's a second one in that group, who would it be? Uh, I, I thought both lamb and Diggs would stay in the top 12. Uh, if I if I was definitely choosing a second or forced to choose a second, I would go Diggs. Yeah, yeah, I kind of I, I I struggled with that one a little bit because of the age and I know the elite production, but uh, let's try to identify a few guys that are going to jump all the way up into the first round. Uh, it, cakewalk, easy pick, Matt. Who's the guy that's going all the way up to the top? And, and just into the first. Yeah. For yeah, sure, I going into the first. Who's the easiest I, call? I think there's the easiest one. Ugh, I wasn't going to say the easiest one. I'm just going to say I'm going to say him anyway. I'm going to say Christian McCaffrey. I think he's back in in the first round and probably is towards the tail end just because of the age situation. But you know, I'd rather have him than DeAndre Swift. And DeAndre Swift is you know we just talked about him. So um, I think that CMC is getting back there. Yeah, McCaffrey was 14 last month, so hanging around the fringe. I think he's a lock to jump up there into the three or four spots that are going to open up, Ryan. If you had another another name to the list, who would it be? Uh, it's got to be Kenneth Walker. Uh, yep. The It certainly would have been Brees Hall, and honestly, maybe it still will be because we haven't seen, uh, you, you know, in, in completed trades, we haven't seen a major value drop for Hall despite the injury. Uh, but I think Walker is, is basically a lock to get into the top 12 as well. 
Yeah, okay. I, I thought Walker was the easy one as well. Who's the next name on the list if there's if there's gotta be another name? If if we're if we're kicking Amon Route, if Pitts falls outside of it, Drake London for sure is. That's three spots, maybe a fourth. Who's the third name guy? I think it's the guy that led the show. It's Travis Etienne. Yeah, that's who yeah. I had to. It's weird that okay. we're gonna have that many running backs back in the first, but well, that, you know, it, that's what I was thinking about the state of the position. Yeah, right. I mean, because because we've seen some of the veterans fall off because we've seen the injuries to the young potential top three guys like Hall and, and Javante Williams. I, I've I've kind of been wondering, what does that do to the state of the position? Does that push these guys up? Because now we we need that production and we see ETN and Walker putting up RB one games, you know, on a weekly basis the past two or three weeks. And they're 23 years old. Like, you know, give give me that in the first round. I think also, I think that that is absolutely right. But I also think part of it is some of these like second tier of wide receivers, you know, outside of these guys have have disappointed a real bit. Yeah. It's completely flat. So, you know, that makes you more inclined to take these talented younger running backs that maybe maybe we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves in terms of like, you know, if they're, they're running backs and and, you know, the, any, the, the, the bomb could go off at any time, so to speak. So maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves and from that regard. But from the fact that the wide receiver is so flat, like, why not take a chance on? Them? Yeah, I mean, we always get ahead of ourselves. That's that's what we do here. And uh, <laughs> that's part of the kind fun, of man. get excited about these players. Right. You know, I was really hoping for the massive Chris Olave game on yeah. Sunday uh, so we could have a conversation about him. He's he's a name that I considered momentarily, yep. to be honest with you. It, it, it just it requires another one of them real big games. He's been consistent and been good and, and makes, the, makes every catch he's supposed to make. He hasn't had the blow-up game that it would take to make that kind of drastic jump. He's getting into round two, though. Uh, the last name I was considering, I wonder if you guys considered him, Saquon Barkley. Yep. Does he have a shot yep. to get into that 11-12 yep. spot? Well, I, yep. on on my personal list, I had four guys out, St. Brown, London, Pitts, and Swift. Um, and I had those four running backs coming in, McCaffrey, we, Walker, Etienne, and Barkley. Same list. Yeah, okay. So I think we're all on the same page. Some big fallers in round two. We're going to see Javante Williams take a hit because of the injury. Uh, Michael Pittman's going to fall from 13 for sure. He's probably, we're talking about him in, in a round or so later. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how, uh, November ADP, uh, plays out. If you want to be part of collecting that ADP, just watch Ryan on Twitter and he will, he will get you in. Uh, guys, no house advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available. Play in pick'em contests for a shot at winning $250,000 in cold, hard cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every single day. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code DLF at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app to get an initial deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. It's time to set the line. All right, we got to move kind of quick here, Matt. A uh, couple of two and one performances this week in set the line. Uh, looks like uh, one. You mean one and one? Yeah, it looks like you guys are uh, or one and one. Sorry. Yeah. So you and I are. Excuse me. My, Ryan and I are both. Uh, we lost the ETN bet. Uh, ETN obviously <laughs> a great game. I won the Christian McCaffrey bet. Dan, you lost the Christian McCaffrey bet. And uh, you guys, you both of you guys are probably going to win the. Uh, to over two and a half wins between the bye week teams from last uh, last week. Bo- uh, Philadelphia, Minnesota won their game. The Rams lost theirs. Buffalo is probably going to destroy the Packers. So if that happens, you guys win that. So um, yeah, it looks like uh, a one and one season, uh, one and one week all around. So Ryan will maintain his lead. I'm, I'm a game behind, and Dan, you're like four games behind. So oh. I need a sweep. I need I need to go two and zero one of these weeks. Uh, I'm going to start things off here. We'll do this real quick, guys. DeAndre Hopkins since his return. 
22 catches, 262 yards, and a touchdown on 27 targets. He scored 54.2 PPR fantasy points in those two games. He's got the Seahawks in Seattle in Week Nine. Seattle is the sixth best in the league through six or through seven weeks against fantasy wide receivers. So the over/under is 19.99 fantasy points in PPR. For DeAndre Hopkins, for the record, he's been over that in both games to this point. Ryan, you going over or under 19.99 fantasy points? I'm going over for sure. He's he's getting, uh, as you mentioned, just getting fed targets. Uh, he has more targets than Gabe Davis, by the way. Uh, Gabe Davis has played five games. Nuke has played two. That's uh, going into the Sunday night game. I thought that was interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm going over. He's, he's all they have right now. Matt? Yeah, 10 targets, I believe, last week, 12 this week. Uh, when you're getting that kind of volume, it's hard not to score more than 20 points. So I'm going to – I'd like to pick up a game on Ryan here, but I can't do it on this one. I'm going to say the over. Dang it, should have said it higher. Matt, what do you got for us? Uh, it's, it's kind of boring. Uh, we have so far five. <laughs> I, I did not come up – I couldn't think of a good one this week. I feel like I'm out of ideas for this game. Um <laughs> So there were there were so far there have been there are five 100 yard rushers unless that's changed the last since the last time I looked but I believe there's five 100 yard rushers currently in week seven, uh, in week eight we, or week nine we have a ton of bye weeks uh, I think six teams are on bye, um, but I'm going to set the line at five and a half running backs over 100 yards rushing in week nine. Uh, I'm going under that number. Oh man, that is a that's a good line. I think five and a half hundred yard rushers. Do they have to be running backs? They have to be running backs. Oh, they do. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I got to go under then too. Not picking up any games, I, Dan. I know I'd, I'd like to, but I have to win too. I can't lose a game to Ryan. <laughs> uh, so I, yeah, I got to go under. If you'd have said four and a half, I, I probably would have gone over, but. Uh, but you didn't. So, Ryan, you got a line for us? Yep, Justin Fields. Uh, first four games of the season, Justin Fields averaged 9.4 fantasy points. The past four weeks, he has averaged 21.2 fantasy points, and he's been a quarterback one in all four of those games. Uh, gets Miami in week nine, so I'm going to set the line at his average over the past month, 21.2 fantasy points. Miami has allowed four QB1 games on the season, by the way. Yeah, eight carries for 60 yards against Dallas. He had that rushing touchdown. In fact, he scored two weeks in a row on the ground, and he's he's adding enough passing yardage and throwing a touchdown every single week over the last month. In fact, he scored two or threw two against Dallas to get up there as well. I, I think he's created that floor. I'm going to... I'm going to say over on this one. I like Miami as a as a place that he can he can add just enough rushing yards to to create the floor, and all he has to do is throw a touchdown too. I think. I'm going to give you an opportunity to pick up a game here, Dan. I'm going to say under that. Uh, I know he's well. Thank you for know, the opportunity he, to pick up on the <laughs> second place guy. <laughs> He's, uh, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sold yet. I'm, I'm encouraged by the, by more rushing, by more design runs and all that. But he still doesn't look super great as a passer. Um, Goff had a terrible, I guess not a terrible game. He did have over 300 yards, but I wouldn't call it a great game. Um, so I'm going to take the under. They're going to call a lot of passing plays, and that means he gets to run a lot. So okay. he's going over you, that, buddy. I hope, I hope, I hope you're right for you. The DLF Dynasty Podcast Mock Draft. Let's do a draft, guys. Matt, you came up with another one for us. It's a running back only draft. Seems fitting since we were just talking about these running backs surging into the first round of startup ADP. Uh, Give us an opportunity to talk about as many of these guys as we can. And Matt, how'd you do it? You drew the number one pick. Who are you going to (laughs) take? I was the third for the, I was third pick the last couple, so I thought I'd give myself the first today. Um, I'm going to take mostly because I don't think anybody else was taking him number one. I want to take Christian McCaffrey number one overall. That's why have, you got the number one. I do. Pick. I do have six uh, players in the my, in the top tier, and I wouldn't argue with any of them for being number one overall. But for me, it's still Christian McCaffrey. 
the trades were pretty reasonable in the trade finder. I know we don't have a lot of time to go through these, but like not we're talking like not multiple firsts in most cases, like a first and a prospect or a couple of seconds and a and a decent running back or something like that. So uh, he is still gettable, maybe not after today's three touchdown game, one passing, one receiving, one rushing. Uh, maybe the price has probably gone up, but uh, probably still just open up the vault and get him if you're a competing team, I would say. Last year, last week, I turned on a podcast and I heard this guy named Matt Price say that if you if you have CMC on a dynasty team, you're going to win a championship. You feel that way too, Matt? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I said give whatever it takes to get him. Because <laughs> you're playing from behind if you're trying to win a championship without him. Did you get so any, CMC uh... is the number one running back in dynasty. Amazing, according to Matt Price. Ryan, yes, you got the two pick. Who do you got? Matt, did you... Did you trade for any CMC shares over the past week? I don't need I don't need to, Ryan. I have oh, them on geez. every team competing team already. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Uh I'll take Jonathan Taylor here. Um certainly some concerns coming out this year, but um still still banking on the talent and haven't I, I want to see a little more from some of the young guys before I move them over uh Taylor. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. I would have I would have taken him at one still, and I know there's a lot of dynasty players out there that are banging on the table for a lot of other running backs. Um, I, I still think he be, he belongs. That Indianapolis offense is broken. It's it's really gross. I got the third pick. I'm gonna take rookie Kenneth Walker, and this I'm sure Brees Hall would have been gone if he was still healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Walker deserves to be right up here. I would have I, I actually had him at number two. In my rankings, four straight games with a touchdown. He's a closer now. Have you noticed that, guys? It seems like in the fourth quarter, they give that guy the ball, and he pounds him until he finds the end zone. Scored again on Sunday against a good Giants defense. Only averaged 2.8 yards per carry, but 18 carries for 51 yards. Found the end zone, caught a pass. Uh, Probably only about 12 or 13 fantasy points, depending on your scoring system. But... If you watch that, it's kind of like what we talk about with a lot of these other guys. If you watch that game, you saw Kenneth Walker wear on that defense until he finally got his opportunity to find find a little bit of daylight. Uh, he's very impressive. I wish I had him on more teams. Uh, I'm going to go with Travis Etienne, just a hair above the other two guys in this tier for me, uh, mostly flipping the coin and, and leaning, to, leaning into the younger player. Um, but a couple other guys that could easily go here. Yep, I was hoping uh, I was hoping you didn't take him. I would have taken ETN instead. I'll take Saquon Barkley, who's uh, been a, a nice story, nice bounce back That's for him guy. this year. Yeah, we're, we're playing Dynasty, so I'm going to take Brees Hall. I, I know the injury oh. is is very. Uh, oh, are you really surprised? I I, I was choosing between two guys. Surprised. Is all. Um, it's it's a serious in, injury, but we're playing dynasty, and you know, it's not like it's an Achilles, so it's it's not a career threatening thing like like we've seen with so many of these guys. It's a it's an ACL plus, and the, these guys come back from those, so I'm I'm willing to do that at the beginning of the second round in a startup. Still, we also said the same thing about Dobbins. We were really excited for that. It seems like it just feels similar to that for some reason. Yeah. I know we can say Hall is a more talented player, but if we remember how we felt about Dobbins before all of this, uh, I don't know. So that, that worries me a little bit. That's the only reason why. I uh, think Hall has already shown more than Dobbins has pre-injury, though. Agreed. And that's why that's why he's worthy of, of still being considered in the – Maybe not the elite tier. We're probably talking about the second or maybe even the beginning second of the third tier, tier depend, depending on how you how you how you look at these guys. And you know, considering the other options, a lot of the other names that I considered are injured as well, or mm-hmm. or have been injured, or have that injury label next to them, uh, save for one other name. So um, you know, I, I, I'm good with Hall right here. Who you got at seven, Matt? Yeah, I still had Swift in my in the very top tier, so I'm going to go with him. It's it's it's. I think there's an argument to put him in the second tier if if you want, but I think he's still uh, there for me, so I'll take him here at six. Uh, that was seven, Matt Ryan I'm sorry, is seven. up at eight. Yep, I'll take Austin Eckler. Um, again, we're playing yep. Dynasty, but we we want the points now, and he's the RB one through uh, through eight weeks, even uh, even with his team being on a bye this week. Yeah, that's Except a good pick. I would have gone with Eckler. Sections. 
Good stuff. We're we're still we're kind of in that range now where you have to pick your pick your flavor when it comes to these veterans or or go with these injured guys or, or guys who have been underperforming that we've valued at this level. I'm going to go a different direction. I'm going to take the other young guy. I'm going to take Damian Pierce, and I know you guys will probably think that's that's a little bit too high or or maybe no. maybe outside of where he should go. I value him as the ninth running back in in dynasty right now and that's where i'm picking right now i'd pick all those guys that went above him above him i gotta go with damian pierce i had him 10th i don't think you're that far off dan um i'm gonna take the last guy in this tier for me and it's another one of these injured guys javante williams uh certainly has fallen but i think that it feels like i mean i haven't i'm not i'm I'm not a doctor i'm not going to play one on this podcast but i feel like javante's acl was a little cleaner than breeze hall's so uh, if we're going to have Hall here, uh, I think Javante belongs to. Yeah, I don't have a problem with him being right here. Ryan, you're up at 11. I'm going to stick with the veterans that are scoring points right now. I'll take Joe Mixon. You surprised? Yeah, Mixon. A little well, bit surprised. I, I, I actually, he's in the tier for sure. I had a couple of these other these other vets a little bit higher than him um, that I probably would have preferred. I'm going to go with one of them right here at number 12. I'll take Alvin Kamara coming off of his big game mm-hmm. on, on Sunday. Um, finally found the end zone and didn't do it once, didn't do it twice, but decided, Hey, let's, let's get the trifecta, do it three times Two receiving touchdowns, caught nine passes for 96 yards, 18 carries for 62 as well. Like truly vintage Alvin Kamara. And I think there's a lot more of that to come the rest of this season. So that wraps up round one. Let's try to shoot through round two here, Matt. Uh, yeah, this is a tough tier. I've got a bunch of names. All, pretty much all of these, these, you know, these middle-aged running backs, middle-upper-aged running backs are, are in it. Um, and I'm going to take one that isn't quite there yet. I'm going to go with, with uh, Ramondre Stevenson. It seems to me like he's – I know he, he only out, out, outrushed uh, Harris 16 to 11 today, but it feels to me like he is – He's basically the 1A, and that offense gets eight targets in the passing game. Um, so it's almost like we're getting that receiving back in, in New England combined with the early down back with Stevenson. Um, so I like his ascension up here into the top 15-ish. Uh, I'm gonna st- I'm sticking with the old guys. I can't believe uh, I, I'm going this way, but uh, I'll go with Dalvin Cook here. Uh, another uh, veteran, probably just has a couple years left, but he's going to put up points while he's here. Speaking of guys who are going to put up points, how about Derrick Henry? Uh, dude rattled off 200, found Pater twice. Uh, he, I think he has an ownership stake in the Texans now because they just they just keep letting him run over. There were guys getting out of the way of Derrick Henry and then diving at his legs from behind. That legit happened on Sunday. And those were business decisions. And Henry just said, well, that's fine. I'll still outrace you to the pylon. Man, that guy's so good. I know he's old, but if we want to take guys that are going to just score you points, I'm riding King Henry to titles if I have him. There's no – I'm not taking a first-round pick for Henry if I'm a contender and can can win this year with him. I'm riding it out. I mean, it's it, it almost at some point doesn't even matter the age of these guys. We're playing this position as a redraft position maybe two years out, but even that good sometimes. Point. Uh, you know, so yep. I think that's completely fine. I have a couple of players above him still. Um, I'm going to go with Nick Chubb, a similar player, um, but somebody who had a heck of an early season um, and I think is going to continue. I'm going to take a guy who's uh, off to a great start as well. Didn't get it done on Sunday, but um, still loving the the production he's had this year. I'll go with Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Mm. Love it. I was wondering where he would go. Um, I had a hard time time pinpointing his value. Um, that's a, that's a pretty good pick. I like where where he landed. I land one guy above him, and that was Aaron Jones. So I'll take Aaron Jones right here. Man, you guys are really gonna make me take this guy. I guess that's where we are. He's the oh, last guy in this huh? tier for. He's at. He's at the. He's the last guy in this tier. So I guess that means I have to take him. I'll take Najee Harris. I guess. Yeah, he was the next guy on my list as well. Uh, he was not the next guy on my list, so I'll just take that guy. It's Leonard Fournette, who, uh, again, <laughs> just just producing. Might be his last year, but when I look at the younger names below him, 
they're not producing and I'm not, not necessarily confident they ever will. Yeah. I don't like my options right here. Um, I'm going to switch to wide receiver <laughs> and take Jamar Chase. <laughs> uh, this is the, this is def- where are we at here? We're this is definitely this the most the running backs I've running ever drafted. Back. Uh, yeah. Um, I will take, I guess I, I, I thought about being right here and I thought, oh, those guys will leave me like Najee to take right here. So it'll be fine. Um, I'm going to take AJ Dillon and go back to back Packers, I guess. I like it. I like it. He was close to next for me. Um, Jeez. I'm going to go pure upside and complete recency bias and take Tony Pollard and just hope that Zeke needs to keep keep staying on the bench. Because, gosh, Pollard looked good today. He was the next one for me. That yeah, was he, was, he was the next one for me as well. Uh, I'll take J.K. Dobbins instead. I uh, still like the player. Just hope he can get healthy and, uh, you know, get it get it back together. This is one of the best rushing offenses in the league. And like I said, I, I really like the talent. We just need him to get on the field. So that leaves me with the uh, 24th pick. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take another veteran that's, you know, kind of, he's played well recently and played well on Sunday against Pittsburgh. It's Miles Sanders, nine carries, 78 yards, scored a touchdown. If he's going to get this kind of workload and play this well on a good team like this, he's going to get lots of opportunities. I think it lasts for a couple more seasons. He fits right in here for me. We were thinking about doing a third round, but we ran out of time, guys. Is there is there a guy that sticks out to you that, that we didn't get to? We ran out that? of running backs. We didn't run out of time. <laughs> I still have a couple of players in this tier four. Tier four for me, for me, it would be Rashad White uh, and Miles Sanders as the next two off the board. Well, Ma- Miles Sanders got selected. Oh, sorry, Rashad White. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was the next one for me as well. Anybody stick out for you, Ryan? Uh, I, I still like Kareem Hunt, um, and his name has been mentioned in trade rumors. So, it, uh, a possibility here in the next couple of days that. He sees a value spike if if he lands in the right spot. Uh, he would be my next guy, but we drafted the top 24 guys on my list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we did for me as well. I, I, I thought about bumping up uh, White. He was 25 on my list. And, and I like your idea with Hunt. If he lands in the right spot, um, he's, he's going to go up big time. But he's probably going to destroy somebody's value as well with the teams that that have kind of been mentioned uh unless it's out there in LA. So that's going to do it for this episode of the DLF Dynasty podcast for Ryan and Matt. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.